Welcome to Interceptor Beyond Podcast. My name is Arthur, and today I am alone. There's no guest. I am solo by myself. Why? I think it's a good opportunity to experiment a little bit. Also, there are some gaps between the episodes, uh, and it's high time to recap. I have something new to say, some announcements, and we'll see how long can I talk without any other person. Never done it before. First, why does this podcast exist? The reason. Let's talk about the history. Well, the idea behind the podcast was that I like music podcasts. I like interviews. I like music interviews. But I just wanted to do it my way. I wanted to record the knowledge. I wanted to ask questions that I want to ask in my way, and I wanted to record the experience of the musicians. Of course, it's all fun because, as you know, I record live, online, semi-live. I think there are three ways: uh, online when we have the Zoom call, I have a live edition when I go to the concert and record the interview right there before or after the show and there's a long form of a live recording when it's like a typical setup we have two microphones or three microphones and we talk for a long time also there's number four when I comment on stuff while being at the festival but it happened only once anyways the, the whole idea is that record the experience make it useful and it should be fun first of all for myself I wanted to do a podcast for a long time, and finally, around two years ago, in summer, the conditions were perfect. I've contacted Psychic Hit, the first band, and we rec recorded the interview on Instagram Live, and then I took the audio and made the podcast from out of it. Super nerve-wracking, especially when it's live, when it's recorded, and when there's a video. But it worked out. It was a good proof of concept. Then for some time it was quiet because I had to apply the new knowledge. And then, yeah, just I got it going. Sometimes there are pauses. Sometimes you need to pause, re-evaluate, see how you're doing, improve. With each episode I'm trying to improve. I get new gear, get good microphones, got a good recorder. The rest is just improving the quality of the interview, the talk, the conversation. In general, it is fun, but sometimes it's not fun. Obviously, it's like a full-time job, kind of. Depends how many interviews you have per week. Usually, I have one episode per week, which means that I need to record at least one episode per week, which means I need to book a band or a musician or a guest at least once a week. Booking takes a long time. It's a new type of skill that I'm improving. Then there's also the research, my favorite part. The loading of information to your brain until your head explodes. Depends on the age of the band, how much information is out there in the wild. For example, with the band Clutch, my god, they have so many interviews. It's unbelievable. 35 years plus and all those podcasts, interviews, written interviews, reviews, publications. I can write a biography now. They should hire me to write a biography now. And then you load it in into your brain 
until the interview, the day of the interview. You do the interview, which is usually like 15-25 minutes, and then you erase it from your brain, otherwise you go nuts. Professional journalists do it all the time. I mean, after a while, you, you, you feel that your brain becomes like a rubber thing, you know? You need to train those muscles, those brain muscles, that memory. After a while, it, it, it's easier. But still, there's a new skill, which kind of information, what is important, what is not important, what you're trying to ask, what's the whole idea, what's the angle. This is the most difficult part of the interview, actually. The second part is actually the, the, the interview, because I still get really nervous uh, before uh, interviewing a guest. It feels like an exam. After a while, it was after like 20 episodes, it became easier. And then when I started to interview the bands that I'm listening to for like years, aka meeting your idols, now that's uh, a new level of anxiety that you have to learn how to deal with. And after a while, it will go away, I know, but still, it's not easy. Each time you think it's getting easier, no, each time it's getting harder, kind of, as usual. Anyways, my favorite type of the recording is live interviews before the show, or sometimes after, it depends. Before the show, it's cool because you can do an interview and you're free. You can enjoy the concert, you can have a couple of beers, you're free. After the interview is good on a different level, because usually the musician is high on adrenaline, you're also pumped, and the whole conversation goes like really smooth. You, you can feel the energy, it's so pumping, it's like, I love it. But you need to keep all that information in your head. Probably ideally is to get to the point with the musician, with the guest, before the interview and then chill out. But it happens not so often. Especially when I interview bands, it's at least one band. So usually it's two bands or three bands. Someone to do interview before, some after. The most I had, as you know, were six bands. It's a Heartbreak Festival, so Sonic Heartbreak Festival, six bands. That was really hard. That I almost died. Like my head, my head almost exploded. But then after a while, it was fine. Recorded interviews, I mean, uh, the interviews recorded online are also cool. But I mean, you don't need to travel, and you can connect to all the people around the world. That's cool. But there's this X factor thing of a live. Recording. I mean, it's the same thing as like uh, like uh, if you are a performing artist, uh, live performance or recording is like two th separate things. You can with the recording, you can experiment and whatever. You can do whatever. Yeah. By by the way, yeah, of course, I'm editing my uh, episodes uh, because I don't like pauses between the talking. I just want it like snappy. Just give me the info. That's my way. Because, for example, when I'm recording this, of course, there are gaps because I need to think and then I remove all the silence. Bam! So anyways, as I mentioned, there were like four types of recordings. And because of that, the numbering system was a bit messed up because I thought, okay, I'm going to number this type of 
recording, like like live recording, field recordings, and we have online recordings. And each one will have its separate numbers. And yeah, I messed it up. I got confused myself. So I just counted all of them like one by one. And now we have this is I think episode twenty five. Like ah whatever, we need to start somewhere. So yeah, it's tw- episode twenty five. It's not really important. It's mainly for the ref- reference. If somebody is gonna make a Wikipedia page, then it will be easier. Also, at some point there were text transcriptions that I was doing, but because I'm so loaded with the booking and the whole process of recording and editing of all these episodes, it's super problematic to do a proper text transcription. I mean, of course, I can pay somebody to do that, but at this point, I don't see the purpose. Do actually people read interviews? I mean, I read interviews because I need to do research. But in reality, do do people read interviews? Is it just a thing that to fill the gaps on a blog, like Loudwire or something? I don't know. I mean, it's a publication, of course, but I don't know. That's why I have a podcast. Anyways, this was like a small behind-the-scenes description of how I do things. Yeah, I have to mention something new to say, right? I mentioned this. Updates. So I'm going to release these episodes on Mondays instead of Wednesdays, as usual at 5 a.m. in the morning, because I prefer my podcasts early in the morning, because I listen to podcasts while I'm, I'm in public transport. The reason I chose Mondays is because I checked out the stats of listeners and when they publish it, of course, there's like a, the number goes up and then it goes down and then on Mondays it goes up again. So I guess people want to listen to podcasts while they're in public transport like I am. I'm not sure. We see, but for now, I want to release episodes on Mondays. Or actually, you can tell me. I mean, you can always comment. Let's do it like this: if you're listening to this podcast, especially to this episode, which is the most boring thing ever, write a comment on Instagram under this post. When and where? No, probably when. Which day? Which day of the week are you listening to the podcast? This this would be really useful. I was doing like this. Of course, you listen. If you're listening to this podcast, this means that you're listening to podcasts in general, which means that you listen to podcasts almost every day, most probably. Right when you don't listen to podcasts, like Saturday or Sunday. I don't know. Just give me some info. You know, would be nice to hear. Okay, other updates. There are many cool bands are coming to town. Some of them are already confirmed for an interview. Some. I need to wait a bit. Some I'm uh, waiting for a confirmation, but many, many cool bands. If you checked out properly the calendar of who's going to town, there are many cool bands. Also, most probably in the near future there is going to be an update to the format, but it's not going to be each episode thing, but special episodes. Let's say it like that. There are two updates that might happen. Can't say what it is, but it would be cool. It would be cool, both of those. By the way, on my website, I'm going to publish the process of how I made my the music video for the Loom of Time video called "The Lens of Longinus." And what's cool about that process, 
which I will publish on my website, as I mentioned, is that Matt of the band The Loom of Time recorded his side explaining his experience of creating the song, deciding on a video, what kind of video it should be, contacting people, finding me, and his side of working with me. That was really cool. So soon this page will be online. I mean, his you can like check out. It's called the Tomb of the Tomb of Lime, the Lands of Longinus. Let's do it like this because he has a podcast also, and it's called the Tomb of Lime, and the band is called the Loom of Time. Funny, but I just realized it's sometimes confusing right now to 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 explain where to find what. By the way, everything that I mention is going to be in the description. All the links to things is going to be in the description. So yeah, I mean, I have no idea what to talk about. It's like pretty hard to to to, to talk to an, to to a microphone and see the notes in front of me. I have nothing. We'll see how it goes. If you want to write something, you can always write a comment under the Instagram post. That's what I will check the most. Also, there is like an email podcast at interceptorbeyond.com but I don't think anybody would do that there's also the Patreon but it's too early for a Patreon I figured out it takes too much time to deal with the freaking Patreon I just want to focus on good conversation with cool people so in the end it's been like a sh- this like a short whatever proof of concept of the solo edition conversation with myself kind of thing It's not easy, man. It's not easy. So, in the end, I want to do a discovery of the week, of the edition, whatever, how they call it on YouTube. My recommendations at this point of the trifecta, the three main topics that I'm interested in, which is cinema, arts, and music. And in the end, I will put the song, right? So, cinema, the cinema. Which movie is it? Pam, pam, pam. It's The Quick and the Dead, a 1995 film by Sam, Sam Raimi. We know Sam Raimi. It's a great movie. I've seen it like like a long time ago, starring Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, Russell Crowe, and, and Leo DiCaprio. I had good memories about it. And then I rewatched it recently. It's a freaking great movie. I love it. It's stylish. Everybody is looking cool. It's a western I love westerns, I love this genre of movies. It's freaking great. One of the best movies by Sam Raimi. And here on Interceptor Beyond Podcast, we love Sam Raimi. He's a cool, cool, cool director. All right. So you're listening to this on Monday, let's say, or on Tuesday. You have a couple of days to watch this movie. And write what you think about this movie in the comments under this post on Instagram. Right. That was cinema. Now let's go to arts. Well, it's technically not arts, but what's interesting, well, which my recommendation for arts is game industry, right? Computer games, PC games, console games, games, right? So there's a company called Double Fine, led by Team Schaefer. And Team Schaefer is the dude who created, co-created, created Monkey Island series, Grim Fantango, The Day of Tentacle, right? I think it's called The Day of Tentacles or Tentacle, I don't know. Testicles, Tentacles, whatever. So, this company, and especially uh, also the game Psychonauts, 
and Psychonauts 2. And Brutal Legend. Man, I played recently Brutal Legend. Freaking awesome game. Heavy Metal, man. Heavy Metal. This company, Double Fine, a couple of weeks ago, released on YouTube a 32-episode documentary about the creation of Psychonauts 2, which took six years to make. Each episode is at least half an hour, sometimes longer. Why I put it in the arts category? Because if you take this documentary, it basically shows how they created the game, right? So it's like, okay, here's an idea. We'll bring this people, we'll bring that people, we'll have this meeting. It, 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 in theory, it sounds boring, but in reality, it's freaking amazing. If you take out the gaming aspect of it and just replace it with music, same shit, man. It is like Metallica, some kind of monster documentary, I think. But it's just longer and without Metallica and music. But still cool. Highly recommended, especially if you're like in this industry, when in the creative industry, where you need to create something in a freaking team. This is the perfect documentary. It's not for everybody, but if you are into games... I'm into games like somewhat, right? I'm into good games. It's like I see which games are like stand the test of time and then I play it. Like for example, I like now I play the games from 90s, everything that I missed or 2000s, whatever. Sometimes newer stuff, but usually old stuff. Not so often. Anyways, highly recommend it. You can find it on YouTube. Double find Psych Odyssey. It's called Psych Odyssey. The link is going to be in the description. Watch it. And maybe like rewatch also Metallica, some kind of monster, if you're not into that, not into games. And the last thing, the last recommendation of the trifecta of cinema, arts, and music is a song. And this song I discovered, there's actually a, a Reddit subreddit called Vintage Obscura. And it's, I think I discovered it there. I might be mistaken. It's not that important. What's important are two things the song and the Vintage Obscura. Vintage Obscura, also as a website, vintageobscura.net. It's like a live, live radio. And the whole idea is that all those people on Reddit, they find really rare, rare cool music, like vinyls and stuff, you know? And there's like certain guidelines. It's like rules. It should be like under... If, if it's on YouTube, it should be like under 1,000 views should be like before it should re- should be released before 1970s or something like this like really cool stuff and i found some cool stuff there which led me probably to this song that i'm about to say but anyways vintageobscura.net and you can find on reddit also but i discovered this website like recently but the reddit i discovered years ago but anyways i wish you all the best and let's listen to astronomy by the thin white rope
that's the 